0: What's going on guys welcome to the modern man podcast where we connect men in pursuit of their potential join us as we embrace discomfort cultivate community and put wind in each other's sails. If you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, be sure to like share and subscribe to the podcast and don't forget check out the noble Knights group where you can find the support accountability and mentorship you need join us and become a part of a community of like minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. And I'm excited guys. This is, this is a very special episode because on the call with me, I have somebody who's been there from day one. I've mentioned the story on the podcast before the very first modern man. We sat down with the question, what does it mean to be a man? And the dude who was in the room that day is on the call TJ Vizio day. Welcome husband, real estate developer, founder of AX the real. How are you brother? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Man, it's an honor. Thank you for being on, and, and like I mentioned, you've been there for from day one. And, and though <laughs> though we 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 have history, and we know each other. The audience unfortunately does not have that same same mm-hmm. uh, same blessing. So why not uh, let the audience know who you are, what you do, how we got here, and we can well, we can jump into the conversation right after.
1: Let's do it. So the main idea behind what I do is uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Axie Centralized Real Estate. The purpose behind our brand is that we are building heaven on earth. And the way that we do that is we offer minimum 10 acre, often 15 acre, but even higher acre uh, parcels of land for families that have absolutely no experience farming, absolutely no experience homesteading. We have those families transition from what I call suburban hell into a lifestyle of abundance where not only do they get their 10 or more acres of land, but they also get help starting their first farmstead. They get help building their own family compound of multiple homes or barn dominiums. They get help putting in all the off-grid utilities. And ultimately they have a like-minded community that surrounds them so that they can live in abundance. They can move God's kingdom forward and they can just establish a legacy for themselves and their future generations.
0: That's fantastic, man. honestly i've been absorbing your content and the way you break it down is huge and i've kind of been showing my wife and my father-in-law oh back. yeah him, him and the family they invested in land in alabama but never Love did it. anything with it right and they ended up having to sell that land but this is exactly what he thought back in the day when he called all the cousins and stuff it's like we need to buy this land and we can end up having our own our own corner of the earth for ourselves yeah. and our family and that never came to fruition but now with with the content that you're putting out i'm showing my wife i'm like you see this baby like this is possible <laughs> yeah. how did we get here because you know through our history i don't remember this being a seed or really the inception
1: of the idea when we hung out way back when no. but how did we get here so it's been a very interesting journey when you'd met me at the time i was learning entrepreneurship and so I was, you know, I was doing that by apprenticing and learning from someone who was a businessman and following along his life. But I had my ideas and I wanted to execute on those. And I knew for a long time, I was like, I know that entrepreneurship and business is the biggest and best way to be able to make an impact on the world. Now, mm-hmm. if we go back just a little bit before that, okay, it's pretty crazy saying it now. It's, man, I feel old now saying this, but 10 years ago, it's just crazy to think about it that way. Ten years ago, I was in college. I went to Johns Hopkins University and my, um, specific major was behavioral biology, which is a little bit of biology, but also a little bit of psychology and the meeting point on what goes on physically that affects psychology. And how does that psychology then affect what goes on physically? That's what I, that's what I studied and specialized in. So I mentioned all that because back in college, I'd actually written out a whole paper on maslow's hierarchy of needs okay Mm -hmm. this is an actual psychological theory on what humans need in order to thrive and survive and when i'd written that paper we were assigned maybe to write like maybe six pages i wrote 95 pages (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, just just i couldn't stop it was it took me over and i was just like i need to write about this because the main concept is that I found that people were essentially being lied to about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like when most people, they look it up, they only find out the very basics, but they don't even recognize that there's a whole another level of needs that is not addressed when it's taught to people in school. Hmm. And that was my whole thesis. So the main idea is this for anybody listening in, okay? When you observe Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's basically saying this, the human brain operates with a series of subconscious mechanisms that need to be measured and questions that need to be answered before you can move on to other questions. Right. So like, for example, if I'm, you know, being chased by a bear, that's not going to be the time for me to sit down and think about poetry, right. Or, or, or deep level mathematics. Like I'm going to be running away from the bear. Simple as that. Yeah. Right. And if I'm in a situation where, you know, I could be the best basketball player in the world, but, if my family life at home is absolutely, ter- it's like the worst, like it's like deteriorating. Guess what? That's going to affect me from being at the highest level of basketball, right? That's a high- that's a more basic need that is not being taken care of, right? So mm-hmm. if we look at it and we ask the question, well, what's going to be more important than-, than what? And each thing down the row, that's what Maslow's hierarchy of needs describes, right? So it's immediate short-term needs. It's Longer-term security of whether you can meet those short-term needs. It's relationships and esteem, and then um, you know esteem is its own category. It's social status. It's how well respected are you? And then there's self-actualization. Like how much can you take things to the whole another level? That's what most people were taught. Now in college, what I'd written was, hey, there's actually a, a sixth level of need called the transcendence level of needs. And most people, mm-hmm. they never even really think about or discuss those needs appropriately even though it's it's very very important and i went through and i described what that transcendence level of needs actually entails so when you fast forward to now the way i look at ax decentralized real estate is it's it, it is the practical description of here's everything you need to focus on Everything you actually need. Like, here's all the tools necessary to activate and create abundance and target all of those important needs that you have so that you can be functioning at the highest levels of abundance. You can be functioning at the highest levels of your spirit, functioning at the highest levels of your family, functioning at the highest levels of everything.
0: Yeah. And so,
1: you know, I don't approach Axe Decentralized Real Estate as a real estate company per se. I see the real estate as just one piece of the whole puzzle. And this puzzle is building what I call heaven on earth, wherein people can have those basic needs taken care of. They can have that abundance. They can have that family and they can focus on higher level needs, like helping out others, higher level needs, like ensuring that the golden rules actually follow higher level needs, like providing food, providing love, providing shelter, providing everything unto others. So, That's kind of how it all wraps into it. So wrote something in in college, learned about business, went through the ringer figuring this stuff out about business and realized you know what, we can actually actualize this. We can turn this into a real thing. And now we're doing it.
0: That's fantastic because as I'm getting older, I'm, I mean, I'm a city boy. I came, I grew up in Mm -hmm. long Island, New York, and I remember (laughs) wanting to live in the city and I'm looking at, oh man, you know, bright lights, big city and all the hustle and bustle. And, and I was. I, wouldn't, I want to say I was programmed. I was programmed to want that and think that's mm-hmm. what I needed. And then, thankfully, in the pursuit of my career, I moved away. And now that I'm out of New York City, I tell people, like, listen, I've seen too much. If you gave me $10 million, I'm not taking that back to the city. I might invest in the city, but I'm not living there because I also understand. And for a lot of folks, they call it the rat race or they call mm-hmm. it the hustle and bustle, right? But what I've, what I've realized is... A lot of people are in this cycle of they need the job to pay the bills in order to put the roof over mm-hmm. their head and food on the table, and they can't worry about certain things because they're still trying to catch up. Or when people say, "Oh man, I just want enough money so I don't have to worry about things," and I def- describe money like air. And mm-hmm. you know, when you when you have a lack of air, <laughs> you pay close it's attention terrible. to every single breath you take. And for people that have a lack of money, they <laughs> pay attention to every dollar they spend, but instead of chasing the riches, what I love and what my interpretation of what you just described with axes is no, 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 no. For the price. And for my understanding, we could talk about the pricing a little mm-hmm. bit, but for the, in for the introductory price of which you probably would buy a home for, for in New York, you can yeah. get these this land and the land could provide your resources it could it provides your food it provides your shelter it provides everything and now that those are provided for now you can take a breath and okay exactly now what's important to me now what i really want because family's fed there's roof over our head that's taken care of. Now we can focus on, like you mentioned, whether it's the basketball player, whatever your, let's say the person listening, whatever your personal genius is, if it's poetry, piano, you can then exercise that to your joy because other things in life are taken care of. Is that kind of like an
1: accurate assessment? That is one of the best assessments I've ever heard in my life. That is fantastic. Yes. It's yours. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about how um,
0: scaling your dad's practice led to this because as you mentioned when we first met each other you know you you were shadowing an entrepreneur you were learning the business and you were doing so through photography which for anybody listening i know there's a lot of young listeners who are in their 20s and i and i remember i used to say you know oh do what you love do what you love mm, maybe do what feeds your future vision i also say do what can make you money too so then you can end mm. up doing what you love but i love the long term vision you had shadowing an entrepreneur learning Really learning in the arena before getting in the game yourself. So you start from there to then scaling your dad's practice. I'd love to hear how those lessons helped you transition into this.
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, if we if we look at it, okay. So I'm I'm I was about to go into medical school. Okay, I'd graduated out of Hopkins. I'd taken the MCAT. In the MCAT, I'd gotten a perfect score on the psychology section. Which told me, hey, wow, if I got a perfect score in psychology, man, I might be one of the best in the world at the topic of psychology. And if you actually think about it, like marketing is just applied psychology. Marketing is just psychology applied to making money, right? Yep. So I was like, man, I could actually be really good at this. <laughs> I could be I could be one of the best in the world. If I'm the best, best in the world here, I'd be the best in the world there. So as you said, I, I went and I, I read this book called Mastery by Robert Green where he talks extensively of the importance of apprenticeship the importance of submitting yourself and just learning as much as you can and if a, a person's listening to this and they're below 25 to be very honest i wouldn't focus on anything other than just apprenticeship before the age of 25. i really couldn't recommend it even if you have even if you are smart enough to be able to make money on your own like realistically You could actually 10x that by just placing yourself in a situation where you are with high level players, right? So I was in a situation where I got to see what a business that was raking in more than seven and a half million dollars, how they operated things, what the CEO was thinking, what his admin was thinking, what company culture was like, that was very helpful. When I later split off to make my own companies, it was just my wife and I getting things up and running but I still had had some things that I'd noticed that would stand out for very successful businesses. So in particular, what I noticed was this uh, and I call it the star principle and I could go so deep into it. But the main idea is this, when it comes to business, pretty much everything comes down to placing yourself as the absolute number one in your given market niche. If you do that, it doesn't matter if it's, if we're talking about a sales thing or we're talking about some drop shipping thing or some real estate thing a podcast or whatever it is, the world works on people who are number one, right? So I saw that when I was working with that entrepreneur, but then I went and I worked at a marketing company, um, called roofing, Marketing pros and that agency, that was the number one in its niche. Like if you were a marketer, if you were a roofer and you needed marketing, you were stupid to not just go with that business, Roofing Marketing Pros. Yeah. And then within that business, we helped I was there and we helped out like over 40 different clients when I was when I was there at the time, but I remember like 15 of them became millionaires. And the secret to all of those is that they were the number one as roofers in their given market niche, right? So within Dallas, they were the number one. Within Greenville, they were the number one. Within Florida or Miami, they were the number one, right? So every single time you do that, boom, it takes off. So when I split off from Roof and Pros and I started helping out my own father's business, he was a, um, he's a, he's a pediatric gastroenterologist. My whole strategy was on positioning his business as the number one in that market niche, which is for his case was pediatric gastroenterology. For those of you who don't know what that means, he was a kid's stomach doctor, right? So I made it so that it was a no-brainer. If you were a parent... And you needed to treat your sick child who was vomiting and you, you don't know anything else. You don't know doctor's names. You're just Googling help. My child is vomiting. It was a no brainer to just go with my father's business. It was yep. just, it, it was obvious. You, your options were, you look at my father's business. It had over 355 star Google reviews. And it had a headline that says, um, we treat children who are vomiting right okay and the office was more beautiful than anybody else's office and the price was better than anybody else's price why would you not choose them to treat your sick child versus some 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 guy who's got like a 3.2 out of 5 with maybe like five reviews yeah right you're not going to make that bet on your child's life period yeah. <laughs> so then when building acts the way i approach everything is i am you know to, to be very honest the way Tim Grover describes it, he says, you know, coolers are people who will, they'll be they'll be super, super, they don't even want to get in the competition at all. They don't even wanna, they don't even want to do it. Mm-hmm. Closers are people who are worried about the other competition. Cleaners are the ones who make it so that they what they're doing, what their business is, they everybody else sees them as like, I need to compete against them. Yeah. So when I approached Axe, I look at the land sale business and I've positioned Axe so that it really is the case. I have competitors calling me up. They want to work with Axe, literally. I have competitors trying to copy my videos. I have them trying to copy what we're doing, but they can't keep up because we're always thinking about the fundamental human needs that need to be addressed. Not just we're in real estate. I'm in the box of real estate. Right. And that makes it so that just time and time again, we're coming out with solutions. We're coming out with things that are simply mind boggling, simply mind boggling compared to what everybody else would even consider offering.
0: You're playing your own game and they're trying to keep up and they're in the wrong lane. Exactly. (laughs) You're you're like, you you think I'm playing checkers, but I'm playing chess. I'm playing go, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And you're on the complete other level. And I love what you said about being number one, because it reminds me of, and I'm not sure if it's the book uh, built to last or good to great, but he talks about the best companies in the world, the companies that are built to last and the companies that go from good to great. And the companies that withstand the century mark on the S and P 100, which only like 20% of them do are Mm -hmm. all, they have all one thing in common. They're the best in the world at what they do. Exactly. And, And that's. That's non-negotiable. If you're building something, if you're looking at something, you want to be the best in what in what in what you do. And when I think of modern man, for example, some people might, oh, you're a men's community. No, our vision, our mission is connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We are going to be the best in the world at facilitating these conversations that build relationships and connect men moving forward. That's the vision. and That's what we're working on. But when everyone thinks you're just a men's community or everyone thinks you're just a real estate company, they're, they're competing in the wrong arena. Exactly. And that's why you run circles around them. Yeah. Let's talk about the inception of, of, of acts and how it's become what it is now. And for anyone that's been listening and they're like, all right, Ted, can, can we get to these parcels of land? Because I could use <laughs> my homestead. I could use my heaven <laughs> on earth, right? There, yeah. there, there are people chomping at the bit right now, thinking like, yeah. man, I could use a plot of land because as I'm getting older, as I mentioned, I think of my family, when, when we met, I I think I just started talking to my girlfriend, now my mm-hmm. wife, we have a baby on the way, you have a child, like we're family, man. I don't know if I told you that, man. My I didn't know that I'm family. fighting this out now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes sir yes <laughs> so i'm gonna be a dad we have a baby on oh the way. my gosh oh my um, gosh congratulations wait. thank you brother thank you I, i'm i'm excited and we're not gonna find out uh the gender we're gonna wait till the baby comes oh, out. i'm so happy
1: for you i'm so happy for you it's a win-win either way if I you if, if you have a boy you're gonna be like yes if you have a girl just wait being a girl dad is the best too it's just oh i'm so excited for you i'm happy if yeah. anybody is going to be a fantastic father it's going to be you man so i'm oh, really happy man. for you i received that brother thank you so much
0: <laughs> thank you so much but then i don't know if you're having a similar um thought process or you've had the similar experiences you know i, I look around and i'm thinking okay as a family, what is it we need and what is the, uh, the structure in which we're going to bring this child into the world and how do we build this moving forward? And I think a Mm. lot of men, especially for those who take that protector provider role, who really take that serious and lean into showing up for their families, look for setting things up that will provide that peace, that heaven on earth that you mentioned. And I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, hey, the hustle and bustle and the the availability of cities is great, but I would just love my own place, my own land, my own quiet, Mm -hmm. my own silence, and just being able to provide for ourselves and be independent. So love the foundation of this, and I think a lot of the guys are chomping at the bit to learn more. So tell us more about the inception and how it's become what it is now and what it looks like.
1: Yeah, so the the real clue that was like okay i'm gonna really get started into this was when i would had my first daughter and there was this huge winter storm in texas Mm. that winter storm made it so that my daughter had been born natural birth at home on her bed and that storm hit 24 hours afterwards Mm. the reason that's so important is because up to that point i thought i was gucci i thought I was good because like my marketing company was doing very, very well. This was a very nice gated community, right? I'm 27 at 27 years old at the time. Everybody else is twice my age. I'm not supposed to be living in this nice of a community, okay, like oh, on the water, overseeing stuff, like it is nice, yeah. okay? So I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm good. Like I provide, I'm a protector. I am a provider. We're in a gated community and I provided a very nice house and we've got all the food that we need. That experience, Ripped that right out. That <laughs> ripped that right out. Because it's less than 24 hours. We have no heat. We have no water. We have no electricity. I had no guns. I had no, all the food had to be heated up, but we don't have any heat. I had no firewood. Right. Yeah. I didn't have the skills. I didn't, I didn't, I was like caught with my pants down and it felt humiliating. There's no other way to put it. It felt humiliating to be in that situation. I'm like, I've been a dad less than 24 hours and I can't even do level one basic, basic, basic stuff. To provide fire, I don't even have wood. Um, how do I even use this fireplace? Um, oh my gosh, let me burn the cardboard from the gift wrapping paper from the baby shower. That's Man. all I got. <laughs> like <Man. laughs> th- that sucked. Okay. I feel you. Like- um and then you know you add in fuel to the fire because we had this HOA and the HOA president basically did this Trojan horse where they come in saying, "Oh, I've got some brownies for you with the new baby," and I'm like, "Oh, of course, like you know, come in, bring in, bring in the brownies, no problem." And then she starts like walking through the house checking out the faucet downstairs and then go walking up to the upstairs and check it and i'm like whoa, whoa what are you doing she's like oh well the hoa requires me to review all the pipes because we don't want any leaky pi- all, all this other stuff from like get out of here yeah. get out of here what are you doing get out of my house right now i thought you were just here uh, giving me some brown and the the point is like i felt like wow like not only did i mess up over there now i've let i've basically let someone trespass mm-hmm. right on day one, I let someone trespass while my wife is trying to recover. It's a very, very sensitive time period for a woman when they have just had a natural birth, like that recovery time period. I I felt again, like a bumbling fool. You probably felt so, violated too, man. Yeah. 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 And, um, it was just, it was just, again, the only word I can come up with was humiliating. Okay. Um, so I say that because. You know, it's later at night and once again, I'm burning the freaking cardboard <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself like never again, dude, this idea of I've been reading and thinking about, I need to go off grid. That's why we moved to Texas in the first place. And, you know, it's just an idea at that point, yeah. but that made it real. And, you know, not everybody's going to, have it was a freak storm, I admit, but you don't want to put yourself in that type of situation, you know, yeah. like. You don't want to be in a situation for a person who is in the inner city and there was riots right it's going to feel you're going to feel responsible for that so i go out and i start looking at all right let's take the take this serious i just want to move my family out as quickly as possible to where i have my land i have my own food i have my own electricity i have my own water and there's no hoa that's all i wanted and what revealed to me what was going on was the insane level of difficulty that I found in an incredibly free state like Texas to just go out and find that. That's what really revealed it to me. And yeah. the fact that I'd been working in marketing and working in competitive analysis allowed me to really do a deep dive because I know the tools to look through keywords, look through ads, look through everything to find what's was available. And and Ted, there's just, there was just nothing that was out there. It was all... I mean, essentially fraud. It was almost—it was—it was almost fraud. You'd have places that would say, "Find your freedom, two to five acres, starting at seventy-nine thousand dollars." Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Number one, find your freedom. Uh, you have—you th- go there. They say we don't have an HOA. We have a POA, which is a property owners association. You can't have chickens. You can't have goats. You can't have cattle. Cattle. You can't have solar. You can't have wells. Well, don't tell me about find your freedom. It's not freedom. <laughs> That's not freedom. Okay. It's what's the point? <laughs> that, that, then okay, you you go deeper into it. You, you show up. They're saying seventy nine thousand for two acres. No, it's not okay. That's like maybe one or two parcels. It's more like one hundred fifty thousand dollars for two acres. Okay, all right. And if you want the five acres, it's more like three hundred fifty thousand. Come on, yeah. Come on, come on, <laughs> buddy. Like that's not that's not that's not what was written in there. Then you have other ones that are winning awards. Literally winning awards best community most revolutionary community agrohood community all this agrohood living right and you see their marketing they have children running through the gardens and they have we have chickens and goats and all this other stuff and they would say look this community it's like a normal suburban neighborhood but we have a farm in the middle of it and so everybody's able to eat off the farm commune you know, like- in, in reality and so no it's more like just your normal suburban community then they took the acreage that they couldn't sell due to, you know, wetlands easements. They put maybe two acres on it out of a two thousand two acres, okay, for all of their marketing out of a 2,000 acre total development, okay? And then they had like three goats. And then, you know, they have a little bit of like vegetables. So that two acres, that's not going to do anything, okay? That's not going to solve the problem here, all right? The problem here is I want to be able to have enough food to feed my family all right yeah. and the and if you look at the marketing materials I cannot show you them on screen but I wish I could all right it's unmistakable what they are trying to get at with their marketing and for do, for having this this you know again normal suburban neighborhood but having the two acres out of 2000 that has this little garden they raise property prices maybe 25 to 50% compared to normal all right so that's what's really going on with that and it's a billion dollar company all right so I'm just sitting there and I'm going, this ain't it. None of this is it. And then there was lastly some companies that would offer land that, oh, we got land sale. You know, land sale, no HOA. Okay, great. But they're not gonna help you out with anything else. All right. So great, good cool. Luck, now right? I got the land. Like good luck. Like yeah. I got the land and I I don't know anything. I don't know, I don't know anything about farming. What do I start with? What f- what fencing do I get? What chickens do I get? What cattle do I get? Do I put a barn in first? Do I not put in the barn? How do I scale up? How do I sell it? Well, do I go to farmer's market? Do I put in the, oh, but now I need to figure out off-grid utilities. Do- I don't know anything about electricity. I don't know anything about wells. I don't know anything. It, 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 it becomes a massive undertaking such that when I ask families, how long does it take on average for you to be able to go off-grid? The average answer is seven to 10 years. For most families, wow. seven to 10 years. I talked to one woman. She says that it took her three attempts wherein she would buy a lot of animals and she would sell them because she didn't know what to do with all the animals three times over seven years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there's this huge barrier of entry for something that a lot of people have interest in. And quite frankly, more people probably don't do it because of the barrier of entry that it exactly. requires.
1: Exactly. The the last part of that barrier is that if you do want to just buy a turnkey, we're talking about two and a half to three and a half million dollars. That's what it's going to take. So if you have wow. two and a half to three and a half million dollars, you can have that conversation. You can buy an operational farm and you could do it. Probably it's going to be two and a half million dollars for the operational farm and you'll probably spend another good amount of money to be able to turn it finally fully off grid.
0: which is again another huge barrier of entry because there's you know only a certain amount of affluent people could afford to do that exactly the average person even the person listening to this podcast who's scaling their business and they're they're growing they're 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 growing themselves they're they're growing and elevating their capacity for life they might not be there yet they might have the million dollar net worth but they're not
1: fluid they're not liquid with it and they're just like i just want to get off grid man exactly 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 so So we looked at it and we approached it not from the realm of real estate. This is so critical because like if you stay in the world of real estate, you can forget about it. All right. It's just (laughs) it's all going to be seen seen too difficult. It's all going to seem impossible. But we approached it from the ground up asking families, what holds you up? What is your obstacle? And then answering each one of those things. It starts with land. So a perfect example of the land that we acquire is our most recently um, held down property. This is a Florida property. When I say most recently, I'm saying as of two hours ago, I got the executed contract from the sellers of this property two hours ago. Okay. (laughs) This property, I'll I'll be straight up with the numbers. It's a $12.5 million property. For 1,135 acres. Just to get from one end to the other end of it is three miles. (laughs) Okay? And we had to beat out an investment fund that in the last year and a half has bought $100 million worth of real estate. But they took our offer above that offer.
0: That's fantastic.
1: So... How how did we do it? It's because we're leveraging the power of numbers and we're doing that again and again and again on every part of the process. Number one, if I'm clear about the numbers here, the acquisition is a $12.6 million property. I will be, essentially it's $125,000 per parcel for 100 parcels, okay? I will be selling it at about $250,000 per parcel for that specific property. Now, in that area, if you try to go out, you try to find a parcel of land, got the same features, has a pond, same size, all this other stuff, you're looking at $300,000 in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're still coming under market. But what we're doing is we're saying, okay, we're able to pay off the land. Now let's take some of the infrastructural costs and we can put together an outrageously good community center with a home school with a shooting range, with a gym, with an auditorium, with a community kitchen, with a spa, with a pool, all of those super nice features, right? And we're also able to set up infrastructure for farming, wherein we can have our own meat processing. We can have our own cold storage. We can have our own distributions. We can have our own um, uh, delivery trucks. We can have all of that. Right I have the whole entire thing again, on our own, it's going to be very difficult to have that stuff, yeah, but together, a six million dollar price tag for that whole processing facility distributions all that, who cares?
0: Not bad. yeah, it's
1: not bad. it's not bad. it's It's spread out amongst every single person
0: I saw for some reason, I see you ever play SimCity back in the day. Yeah, I feel like this is like real world SimCity. Like you have your land and you're like, okay, I'm going to put it here, this, 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 and you're building it out. And then you start putting the people in there. And Mm -hmm. I I, I might get in the weeds a little bit here, but this is kind of just how my mind works in terms of like the parcel of land. I wrote down $200,000, right? That gets you, let's say what, about 10 acres or so?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in this Florida example, the low, so the low end we're looking at 225,000. There might be a parcel or two. Uh, that might be 200,000, but we're looking at 225,000, an average about 250,000.
0: Yeah, yeah. But this is what I love about it because, like, the, the way my head works is if I get a parcel of the land that big for 200,000, dollars and this is mm-hmm. coming from somebody who was just looking for a house near city center, not even near city center. I was going miles and miles outside of city center, and I'm looking north of 500,000 plus putting paying record high interest rates yep. on a mortgage. But now you're looking at buying a plot of land, which I imagine is a different loan structure. You probably get a lower interest rate on that. And then the materials to build a house of, I think conservatively, let's say 300,000 for materials yep. to build a house on that land. You're five to hundred thousand. You have a beautiful house. You have 10 acres of land and an infrastructure, and you're probably paying a lot less of an interest on that loan than you would had you bought a four bedroom home, 10, 20 miles out of city center. The,
1: the only thing I would add on to that is you factor in what we do with regards to re So, um, Please. the specific way that we go about things is, okay. So if any one of you guys opens, uh, chapter, uh, Proverbs go to 24 and then line 27, they have a great saying. Okay. It says, complete your outdoor work and prepare your fields. After that, you may build your home. Mm. Right. So they say it very clear. They lay it out. So they're saying, look, even thousands of years ago, pre- complete your outdoor work, prepare your fields, make that thing profitable. Okay. We have something called the ranch housing system where property owners, we give them a liaison to help them get a loan from the USDA for the operating expenses for their own farm. Okay. Mm -hmm. This, this service usually would be $5,000. It's free for all of our property owners. They will help you take out this loan. And in that loan, we will set up all the infrastructure for you and give, give you the animals. So you have 300 chickens, specifically 150, egg laying hens 150 meat birds five cows your choice dairy or or beef and um and your choice of pigs sheep goats or even bees okay Mm. so you have all the infrastructure you have all those animals done for you you also get six months of a ranch hand who is vetted has come from a, a top level ranch who will work with you on that land and work for you on that land that ranch hand okay, is paid off for the first six months as they do all the infrastructure. After that, you still don't have to pay them outright out of pocket. They make their money off of the revenue that they generate on your land, okay? Mm -hmm. And they are actually helping out you and six other families such that for each family, they earn one-sixth of the revenue that they bring in, okay? They earn one, so by helping out six families, guess what? Their salary is a reflection of what they brought in for all of these families. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So kind of like a farm so, version of a fiduciary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These guys are, these guys are there and they, and they are working as hard as possible to bring you as much in as possible through the chickens, through the um, cows, through all that. And I haven't even mentioned the veggies, there's veggies, there's plants, there's mm-hmm. an entire food forest that they also install for you and are able to manage for you. Okay. So. It takes about six months or so just for, for example, chickens have to grow, cows have to grow, right? Before they, you know, so it just takes about six months or so before you start seeing cash flow. But now that you have cash flow, you can use the equity of your land as the down payment for your construction loan. And you can fully fund the construction of your own exclusive family compound barn dominium outright just from the ranchizing profits alone.
0: There you go. There you go. And so many people going back to how we started this whole conversation with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, just need that simplistic foundation taken care of so they can
1: worry about what really. They exactly. To worry about. Exactly. Cause you can, you're in it, you know, <laughs> there's this great movie that they call it the, the position of F you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, you, you tell me what to do F you, right. But I like to say it as, as freedom. Unconditionally, right? Freedom unconditionally. That's what it means, right? It's just like, you know, you're you're good. I mean, literally, you have homesteading laws in your favor. Okay. That's the crazy thing about this. Like, you got your land, you got your family, you got like-minded people that you're gonna be able to have very deep conversations with, right? Mm -hmm. People like me, people like Ted, people who have this like mindset, right? You have cash flow coming in, right? You've got the opportunity to homeschool your children, spend more time with them. You've got the opportunity to be, to take part in other forms of business because you can do business with the other community members, right? So like if a person is, for example, a chiropractor, like great, if you're part of this Florida property, you've got a hundred people who will go with your services for chiropractic, right? Yeah. You can. You, there's a lot that you can build off of with that as we build this network, because it's not just the Florida property. Guess what? We're doing this in Tennessee. We're doing this in Tennessee again. We're doing this in Texas. We're doing this in Utah. We're doing this in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And there will be the opportunity to exchange with those other property owners as well so that we yeah. can create our own completely divergent economy.
0: Yeah. And I also want to point out, and I'm sure you probably would have mentioned it in terms of, and I've noticed looking at the properties and the parcels that you have, for anyone that's thinking this is off-grid living, you're going to drive two, three hours before you see any civilization, that's not it. You're like, what, 15, 30 minutes outside of a city?
1: Yeah. We always always choose it where it's like, you're like 15 to 30, as you just said, 15 to 30 minutes outside of like a nice town. So we always find like, there's always a nice town that basically has everything that you would realistically need. So like, Restaurants, you can take your wife out to eat. Grocery stores, if you need to, for whatever reason, go to the grocery stores because, you know, I mean, eventually you're not going to need to go to the grocery store at all, but if you do need to, you can. If you need to go to the movies, you can. If you need to go shopping, you can. And then if you want to go to the airport, you want to go to, you know, extra fancy restaurant or something like that, you, you can. There's almost always with our properties, a major metropolitan area Within one and a half hours of any one of our properties. So again, you can just go to the town if you need to get stuff, and if you need to go to the city, just it's just an hour and a half to get to the main cities.
0: I love it. What's the vision? Um, what's next? What do you What are you most excited for coming up?
1: Man, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you I'll break it down this way: like the ten year goals, the three year goals, one year goals, six month goals, everything that we've got going on right now. Um. So, in the next ten years. I literally believe that we will sell ten billion dollars worth of land real estate.. Preach. okay? get it. The way we will get there is by systematizing things and getting to the point where we can easily average ten 100 million dollar properties per year. okay, that's how that's how we're gonna do that. We're already on pace to be able to, you know, hit that. Like if we if we go in a little bit more, our three year goal is to hit one billion dollars of uh, land real estate. Um, by the end of 2024, the goal is to have sold 250 million dollars of real estate, and by this January, we will have sold over 50 million dollars of real estate. So that's fantastic. That's 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 how we're growing that up. Now, part and parcel with the land is um, the buildings that we're creating and the economy that we're creating. So, I want our average property owner to be hitting a in pocket profit in pocket profit. So past every, all the costs, all that other stuff, I want them to be hitting an in pocket profit of $80,000 a year. That's what we want as our first goal. But I believe that by the end of next year, that number with one of the acquisitions we're about to make, I can't say the specifics of it, but if we do this, it'll be a very big boost to the cattle operations we'll have. Um, My goal is end of 2024 in, pocket in pocket uh profits for each uh franchise owner to be about $125,000 per family
0: which could be life changing for some folks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I believe that I mean 125,000 I mean that's just well, just off of off the I mean that would be that would be crazy for people.
0: Yeah, it's 125,000 with your your you're not worried about paying rent, you know, the the major expenses, which is living in food already yeah. be taken care of. That's all in pocket EBITDA. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, how can folks contact you, connect with you, find out more, maybe even take a look at some of the parcels of land yeah. that you yeah. have for sale and keep up to what's coming up next.
1: Thank you for that question. So go to actsdreal.com. So here's how you spell It's, it's A-C-T-S d-e-r-e-a-l it's acts like the book of acts in the bible the instagram profile is one of the best resources possible for just overviews that's where he announced new ideas um and it's a-c-t-s-d-e-r-e-a-l on instagram now for anybody listening in all right i want to i want to talk about something real quick before we go Mm -hmm. all right do not do not just message me like 20 questions in a row without just watching through our frequently asked questions section, please. Right? Like I know that it's a big transition for anybody listening in. All right. We have on our website, a personally filmed FAQ series. I don't know any CEO who's ever done this. Okay. I sat down and I literally answered 135 questions in a row. Okay. With subtitles and HD video, one by one, even the high level questions like, how does the financing work to lower level questions? Like how do I get my mail if it's off grid? Right? People don't know how to, how they get their mail. How does, how does the the fireman work in the off grid living? Right? I even answer questions like that. So we ask everybody, please do not DM me unless you watch the frequently asked questions. And on top of that, if you make it through the frequently asked questions and you still can't make a decision to be very honest, search your soul search your soul because a person still indecisive after making it through the faqs it's not me it's not me papa it's it's a person's own you know inner work that they have to do because it's like you have to ask yourself what is it that you need more like we we, we've answered everything we answered the sales the distribution the finest thing we've answered it all you know what else do you need to be able to leave your comfort zone but if you make it through that and if you watch our timeline videos and you watch that and you do decide to join us It is the greatest decision you've ever made for your family and for your life because where we're taking this thing, it's it. (laughs) There's that that big saying of like, oh, he's him. No, it's it.
0: It's it. No, I love that, man. (laughs) TJ, I'll have those links in the show notes too for for folks to to, to check it out. Last question is usually the heaviest one um, and you might've touched on it before in the episode, but what is something that you've seen or something that's happened to you that shapes the way you view the world as a man?
1: I'll tell you what I've been, what I've seen recently. That's been, it's a big wake up call. So I, as CEO of X, literally call or zoom every single person who joins us at X. I don't know of any other CEO that sits down with every single customer one-on-one. It's allowed me to see the trends amongst people, see what goes on in people's mindsets. And I'm able at this point to see exactly who's going to be very successful and exactly who's not going to be very successful, and it's impacted me because uh, you know when I started this project, I used to do a lot of uh, blaming of the elites and all this other stuff. Like I could go into so much, I could go into so much about like, yo, the CIA did this, like you know, um, the elites have done this, and blah 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 blah. At this point, having ran, you know, the, like a company that really provides like pretty much the main solution for most people, which is just have your own resources, go off grid. I unequivocally have to say that the majority of it is not on the so-called elite, it is on people's own fears. People are their own prison guards. It's not even close. They're their own prison guards. (laughs) And I've been really diving deep lately into mindset work, such as such as like mental weakness and mental strength. And this is the, the main takeaway that I think I might be the, the first person to ever say this right in this exact clarity. Uh, but when I realized it, I was like, oh, I get it like this is what's going on. I realized through this whole experience, seeing people's really stupid excuses for like why they don't just do this thing that they've been talking about and tripping about for years. I've realized that what mental strength is, is nothing but what you will allow to get in your way of your end goals. Mm -hmm. So the stupider and smaller the thing is that you're allowing to get in the way of your main goals, Mm -hmm. that equals your mental strength. So a lot of people might be listening into this and this might be a huge wake up call because you might have something that's unbelievably stupid getting in the way of your final end goals. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and people will make up, oh, but no, but, but, but. no, 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 really. Like just take it in, let it sink in whatever the excuse is. Right. So I've, I've seen people, for example, I had one gentleman, he, he wanted to buy land with us. He went out, saw the property. He said it was the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. He teared up when he saw it. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward with this. He, he flies back home and he just has a doctor's visit. And the doctor was like, you have inflammation, so you should just stay at home. And so he's like, I give up. That's That was his reasoning for giving up. And it's like, dude, you could have been out there on the land that would be the best thing for your joints, best thing for your health, best thing for everything. Eating food grown from your own backyard. None of these chemicals that are probably causing inflammation. None of this other stuff. But you're going to let this excuse get in the way. Mm -hmm. Right. Or other people, they'll let, oh, but my, I was going to do it and I want to do it, but, but, but my, my, my brother doesn't like it and he thinks that it's too scary. And so I don't want to do it. I'm not sharing anymore. It's like, dude, that's, that's weak. That's really, really weak. And if you decide to simply say like, by hell or high water, I'm going to get this job done. Then you're going to get it done. I personally have seen unbelievable things happen in my life. By taking on that attitude and being absolutely relentless with everything, with everything in my life. And I see that just most people, they are not relentless. And to be extra clear on what I'm trying to go off on on this rant, I realize that at the end of the day, the answer is it's not the issue is not the elites. It's not the, you know, whatever, whatever victimhood people might have. Yeah. The answer is people are not relentless about their own freedom and their family's freedom. That's it. That's the only thing that has to be said about that. They're just not relentless about that.
0: Mike drop, man. TJ Vizio Day, CEO of Axe, real estate developer, husband, man. This has been an absolute pleasure, brother. Love seeing your growth and just who you become and how you keep pouring into the world, man. It's It's been fantastic being a part of that journey and watching, man. <laughs>
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you so Absolutely. much for inviting me. This was yeah. a lot of fun.
0: And thank you for being on. And I can't wait to share it. And I know folks sticking with us all the way through the end got a lot of value. I'm going to recap some of the gems you left along the way. I stopped taking notes after a while because I was just so enthralled in the conversation, but <laughs> in order to make an impact on the, in the world, I love it when you said in order to make an impact. In the world you knew the best way was entrepreneurship and for the people who are listening to this podcast right now that is your mindset you are looking to make an impact on the world you're looking to elevate who you are you want to stand out and support your family and the best way to do it as i always mention is to establish your own sources of income and not be a slave to the check that someone else is giving you speaking Mm -hmm. of being a slave to that check maslow's hierarchy of needs When you are constantly worrying about how to put food on the table, when you're worrying about where your next meal comes from or how to pay the bills, are you sitting in traffic to sustain a home that you barely spend time in and you work just to pay for that home to pay it down over 30 years to finally pay the taxes on it and have the house taken from you if you stop paying taxes anyway? Keep that in mind and find out what you're really doing. The importance of apprenticeship. Because those who do great are the best in the world at what they do. And are you just trying to do it yourself or are you going to take the apprenticeship and learn from somebody else who's already operating at a high level in an arena that you want to operate in or in just a general way that you can learn and apply to your long-term vision? Place yourself as the absolute number one in your market niche. This is how you become undeniable good to great, built to last. Positioning is huge. How your audience sees you is going to play into how your, your customer sees you. Play your own game while everybody else is trying to compete on a certain level. They can't keep up because you're in a different lane and they don't even know it. And then people are their own prison guards. Where you are in life is what you are asking for. We've said it before on the podcast. Having is the evidence of wanting. What you have is what you want. And if you want something different, prove it by having it. Guys, there's so many more gems. I stopped writing because this conversation was so enthralling. I'm excited to listen back to it. Thank you, TJ. Thank you to you for making it to the end. Do us a favor. Share this with somebody you know who might need to take that leap, someone who's going to get value from it. Leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And of course, as always, hit that subscribe button so you can catch a new episode each and every single week, we appreciate you guys. And as we always say, at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's, go. <laughs> well,
1: let's get past the today. I think we're
0: going
1: to do a great job.